My name is Clarence Rick Napier, CEO, 321 BizDev LLC. 321 BizDev is the number one destination for sales system training and business development services in both English and Spanish languages. We are the only consulting firm specializing in helping white collar small business owners master the following sales activities, contacting, prospecting, appointment setting and closing and getting zero cost referrals. Please visit 321bizdev on the internet at 321bizdev.com. If you want more information, please visit the services link to complete a five minute questionnaire or call me Rick at 833-321-3212 or in Espanol call Jeline Rodriguez at 786-697-3400. Today, listeners on the 321 Biz Development Podcast, I have a guest. Today's 321 Biz Dev guest is Joseph Wynn, broker at Bay Area Realty Brokers, serving the San Francisco East Bay communities of Concord, Walnut Creeks, and Ramon, Danville, and surrounding communities. Uh, Mr. Gwen is a graduate of the University of California, Santa Barbara, with a bachelor's degree in mathematical science. And he also earned his MBA from San Francisco State University. Joseph wrote his MBA thesis on the housing crash and financial crisis, a crisis which significantly changed the California real estate market. Joseph takes great interest in analyzing stocks, bonds, taxes, new loan policies, and local economic issues affecting the San Francisco Bay Area housing market. Uh, to my current and new listeners, I just want to let you know that it is rare that I interview a small business owner with an MBA. So without further delay, I want to welcome to the 321 Biz Development Podcast, Joseph Gwen, MBA and real estate broker at Bay Area Realty Brokers. How are you doing uh, this afternoon, Joseph? Rick, I'm doing very good. Thank you very much. All right, excellent, excellent. So um, I want to thank you for your time today. I just have a few questions and I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. My first question is to tell our listeners a little more about yourself beyond your education accomplishments at UC Santa Barbara and San Francisco State University. Well, uh, uh, Rick, uh, as you mentioned, I went to Santa Barbara and received a mathematical science degree, which is a uh, degree uh, combined with computer science and I also graduated uh, from San Francisco State, uh, where I emphasized in business statistics and information systems. And sometime around 2008, while I was finishing my thesis for my MBA, I was concurrently enrolled in Cal State East Bay's uh, teaching credential program. So I always uh, had a passion for teaching. Um, I passed all three CSETs for math and for information technology. And before I started uh, my real estate venture, um, I taught uh, math at the middle school level. I taught seventh grade math. And I also uh, had a part-time job writing uh, computer software for public leadership schools. And the software was uh, uh, helped kids pass their STAR exam. So those oh, wow. were a couple of the those were a couple of the jobs I had before I started uh, my real estate venture. 
Um, I also uh, had a part-time job as a tennis pro. Uh, I took tennis lessons ever since I was little. Um, I was a league champion in high school and I played tennis at the junior college level. And uh, I took a part-time job at my tennis club where I grew up playing and I taught everyone from little kids all the way up to college level players. So that's kind of uh, a little background on what I did in my free time and what I did for some of my jobs before I started in real estate. That's excellent because I, I know um, some people golf and there's a lot of um, business done on the golf course. And I know also people, I also know people do a lot of business on the tennis court. So I can see how you know, working in real estate and playing tennis may even may, may come together and be very fruitful for you. Here's my next question. Now, from my past corporate experience, I used to be a VP down in Los Angeles at a healthcare company. And I would say that most people earning their MBAs typically work in corporate America. Why did you decide to use the MBA as a business owner? Well, my goal actually was to one day uh, teach math and business classes at the college level. I honestly still have quite a bit of interest in one day pursuing a teaching job at my local junior college, teaching uh, various real estate classes. Um, and I remember the exact moment when I became extremely excited about real estate. Um, it was January 2009 and the economy was in ruins. The stock market had bottomed out and real estate had tanked. And there was a story on the local news stating that home prices in Vallejo had become the most underpriced real estate in the country. That very night was the first time I ever logged onto the website realtor.com and I started looking at listings in Vallejo. I saw that you could buy a three bedroom, two bath house for around $50,000 and that they could be rented out for around $1,200 or $1,300. Now, wow. something I didn't mention before is uh, I actually already owned a partial interest in a investment property I bought with my father back in 1998 when I was 17 years old. So I had saved up some money from a summer job and I invested it in a home in Concord, which we still own today. It had been rented out since 1998 and it had gained quite a bit of equity even after the crash took place because it was financed on a 15-year loan and the balance was being paid off rather quickly while I was in college. Um, so in 2009, I told my father I wanted to take the equity out of this property and buy a few rentals. And during the summer of 2009, we bought several foreclosed properties uh, in the local area, which me and my father fixed up and rented out. And I continued to save money and invest in rentals for the next few years on my own. And this was a great uh, wealth of knowledge going through the search for the property, fixing them up, leasing them out long term. Um, I enjoyed the investment process so much that I switched in uh, my master's thesis uh, to the real estate crash in my real estate venture. And I also decided to go back to school to obtain a broker's license in 2014. Um, to this day, I still own every rental that I purchased, which has accumulate, accumulated enough uh, passive income for me to live a reasonably financial free lifestyle. Oh, that's wonderful. And for my listeners who are not familiar with where Vallejo is, it's in uh, Solano County. It's the last city, I believe, in Solano County, but it's 
considered part of the North Bay as you move, as you as you're approaching San Francisco. It's about 25, 30 miles outside of San Francisco. And to be able to pick up properties, did you say fifty thousand dollars? Fifty thousand, and there was over a hundred homes at the time oh in two thousand nine listed for fifty thousand, sixty thousand, um, just normal three bedroom, two bath homes. I mean, real estate had basically gone down to a quarter of the price that it was during the peak of 2006 around here summer of 2006 i believe is when a lot of real estate hit its uh it hit its peak um so the prices had just were absolutely cratered um so it was a great time um it totally changed my life um we we didn't end up getting anything in vallejo we we bid on multiple properties um and the competition was so heavy from uh, uh foreign investors really cash rich investors just snapping up properties but uh we continued to look and we were very diligent and we ended up buying some stuff in the oakley area um that uh, there wasn't as much competition so uh, it, it really uh, helped me start on this real estate venture, and that's when I decided I wanted to go full time and get my broker's license. That is awesome. So now those home prices, would you say they're around four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, median price? Yeah. Malaya? So uh, uh, we I, we just did an analysis of the very first home we looked at. It was in the Crest on Sawyer Street that we uh, looked at in June of 2009. I still have the picture, and I think at the time it was listed for like sixty thousand, and now it's assessed at four hundred and twenty-five thousand, and it rents out for like twenty-two hundred. So uh, I mean, your mortgage payment would have only been like. 150 or 200 dollars at the time um so it's just a massive amount of uh equity that it's that's accumulated and really really uh nice cash flow on those properties um if you were able to pick them up at the time and uh, hold on to them all this time right right and again for people not uh, familiar with vallejo just think about uh napa it's it's Vallejo is not that far from Napa. Would you say about maybe 15, 20 miles from Napa? Yeah, it's uh, it's about two towns away, so it's pretty pretty darn close. And uh, the other great thing about Vallejo is it's uh, very accessible to the city where there's a lot of jobs. There's mm -hmm. a ferry that goes right into San Francisco. And uh, a lot of people started moving there because it, it was affordable and you could still access the city with all the jobs there. So. It's, yeah, uh, I've been on was very several times. That's a great, a great uh, brisk uh, ride in the morning heading to um, uh, to uh, to the San Francisco terminal. I, I love that trip. That is awesome. I used to take that trip all the time. So here's my next question, and we're going to talk about um, how you work as a broker and how you serve your your buyers and sellers. So on occasion, um, buyers and sellers. Sometimes they don't have a pleasant experience in the home buying process. How does your brokerage minimize sometimes these difficult situations for California, you know, buyers and sellers? Well, uh, first off, Rick, uh, it's quite a bit more challenging at the moment for home buyers, I would say, 
there have been few homes on the market. So if you're currently selling a home around uh, market rate, you can expect to get uh, several, if not double, double digit amount of offers on a property. So home sellers are really in a great situation right now, getting top dollar for their homes with multiple offers. And uh, unfortunately, if you're a buyer, things may be a bit more difficult um, as you would need to compete with all the other buyers for this low supply. I tell buyers uh, they may have to be patient. Um, they may have to be extra aggressive if they really like a home. Uh, we like to go through a whole process, uh, consultation process with buyers and sellers to understand exactly what they want so we could focus on their needs. Um, now, some things we offer to prospective clients that want to list a property are very competitive listing rates with our brokerage and buyers can expect to get a partial credit of our commission as well. Um, our transaction process is almost completely online now. Many realtors already use zip forms, which is a, a way to digitally send standard real estate forms and use DocuSign to easily get a digital signature on these standard forms. Um, but now there's been several new platforms that have also helped in the digital transformation of, of real estate. Um, there's a new, very useful platform that savvy agents use called Glide. Um, it uh, gives clients uh, a very easy way to fill out the real estate uh, transfer disclosure, which is required by law and it helps sellers fill out the, the seller property questionnaire forms. In the past, these forms were pretty lengthy and they had to be filled out by hand and this caused problems with um, legally with illegible writing and also confused those who were filling out the forms. Um, this new, these new platforms, the Glide, helps fill in the gaps to make this uh, entire process digital. Um, another new exciting platform we use is called Disclosure IO. Um, when a property is listed on the MLS, there might be a few inspections, pest reports, and other local disclosures that need to be forwarded to uh, agents and their prospective buyers. With Disclosure IO, you can upload all these disclosures to one easy place that's a professional site where agents and prospective buyers can request to gain access to everything in one place. So these uh, digital platforms, along with our competitive rates, I think will really help uh, home buyers and sellers save time and money during the transaction process. All right, nice. And that was an excellent answer too, by the way. You gave uh, our listeners a, a lot to think about. Now, would you say, uh, when you said that buyers need to be aggressive, are you talking about they have to come up with more money than sometimes the listing price? Yeah, unfortunately, that could be where we're at right now. Um, it, we're, the listings that we currently have, a lot of them are going uh, well over the asking price. Um, it, it, and it just all depends also of, of how the property's listed, what the listing price is compared to what the comparables are out there. And you can run into all sorts of situations. So uh, say a buyer really likes a home, and they, they overbid on it and they become the highest bidder uh, and the seller accepts it, sometimes a, uh, an appraiser will come in and say, oh, well, we only think the home is worth uh, such and such, which will be less than what they offered. 
And now a buyer will be paying top dollar, but they'll also have to come up with cash uh, as a down payment uh, to make up the difference uh, between what the bank is going to loan and uh, what uh, the transaction property price is. So it, we have had a few transactions get canceled because of because of these things. Um, <clears throat> property prices get overbid so much that uh, um, they can't attain a loan for that full amount. Um, so it's actually stifling uh, transactions in some instances. Um, but uh, you just have to be patient, you have to be smart, and uh, you might have to take your time as a buyer out there right now. If you're a seller, it's, it's super easy. I mean, you're going to get multiple offers. Um, you're going to get top dollar for your property. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot better right now to be a seller than it is a buyer. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future, those trends will even out a little bit. Yeah. Hey, I got one other question uh, about that same subject. So if a person, if the house is going for 500,000 and, you know, a, a buyer, you know, says, oh gosh, I don't want to lose it. So they, they, their bidding price is 550. Now, if they cannot move forward with the transaction, do they lose their earnest deposit? So you have a time to back out of these deals. There's a, uh, a loan contingency that uh, if uh, you don't remove that loan contingency, you can get your full deposit back. There's also uh, something called an inspection contingency. And I always recommend that buyers never remove those contingencies. Now, some uh, pushy agents might say, hey, your buyer needs to remove these contingencies. The time has passed and come. My recommendation is to never remove those. Never, ever, because if you do and something happens with your loan, um, you will have to forfeit the uh, deposit amount. So you have to be very careful. Um, I just recommend to keep that contingency in place. And even if an agent requests to take it away, just say, we're not comfortable doing that. I'm, I, I do apologize. We're trying our best. We want the transaction to work out and be honest with them. Um, and, and but. I would recommend to keep that contingency in place the entire time throughout the transaction. That sounds great. You probably just saved some people some money <laughs> just on that one question, uh, Joseph. Here's my next question. Um, you know, we're both in California and I know that real estate trends come and go. What economic or housing trends are you seeing right now in the San Francisco Bay Area? Well, there's been a common theme occurring here in the San Francisco Bay Area that started happening around 2012, uh, and that's the continued low inventory, which has caused the supply and demand issues, pushing up real estate above peak prices again. Um, while I was attending school for my broker's license, um, my real estate economic professor predicted that there would be a new crisis, uh, one of low inventory. And he was absolutely right. Uh, during the crash, home builders stopped making new homes between around 2009 to 2012. They stopped making homes because they couldn't compete with all the low price foreclosure homes that were on the market. And once home prices started recovering, they were slow to get started building again. And it 
takes time to build a home. You can't build homes overnight. So meanwhile, uh, you have a booming tech industry here in the Bay. Household formations are still occurring. People are still growing up, moving out of their parents' house, wanting to find housing. And there's also a lot of folks moving to the Bay Area because of the job market, which has caused a housing shortage that's persisted for years now. Um, finally, I think the trend is starting to change a bit, but only because real estate has gone up so much here that some buyers are getting pushed further out east or even out of the state. Um, one of the other trends I see is uh, low interest rates um, have had a really profound effect on the rising home prices as well. The last two presidents of the Fed, uh, Janet Yellen and uh, currently now Jerome Powell, have kept these interest rates super low to spur economic activity. And it's made loans cheap from everything from car loans, to credit cards, to business loans and, and mortgages. And I believe that uh, the trends of this low supply, the strong demand and low interest rates will continue to keep real estate prices on an upward trend here in the Bay Area. Wow, wow. Yeah, because that, that, because I know, I remember there was a time where interest rates were pretty high. I'm, I'm going back to like maybe 9%, 11% back in the, uh, I want to say the uh, mid 1990s when I first got into the housing uh, market buying. And to see rates where they are right now, like 2%, 3%. I even saw one that was like 1.95 for a particular type of loan. That's got to drive demand. That's got to, you know, that's the su supply and demand um, fuel, <laughs> low interest rates. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, something that uh, it, they don't want to reverse it. And I don't think they want to because uh, it might cause the stock market to go down. It could cause the whole economy to have another crash. People have been so addicted to these low interest rates. Um, People would stop buying housing, people would stop buying cars, people would stop getting business loans if all of a sudden you had interest rates jump up to 9% again. Um, it's causing an artificially high uh, real estate market because folks can afford so much more of a home with a low interest rate. Um, mm -hmm. But one of, the, one of the bad things it's done is uh, it's caused People that want to put money in the bank and save it for a long time, older folks, you're not getting a return on your money anymore for the money in the banks. Um, so everyone's been putting their money in the stock market. And uh, the other thing is, is it fuels these incredibly rapid real estate growth, growth in prices that, uh, quite frankly, I don't think is healthy for the market, but I think it's a trend that's going to continue to happen. So um, I don't expect interest rates to go up anytime soon. Gotcha. Well, we've already talked about uh, some buyers, you know, the, that this is not a buyer's market, it's a seller's market. And you mentioned that the buyers may have to come up with cash to purchase and sellers are having just a great time selling their homes with multiple offers. Do you have any concerns or what are, what are some of your buyers and sellers concerns possibly outside of what you've already spoken, you know, talked about? Well, I guess uh, the biggest concern, and I, I guess I did already talk about this for buyers is uh, all the competition for the homes here in the East Bay, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned before, 
Um, there's just simply not enough homes on the market for all the demand. Uh, prices are, are another concern. We have prices uh, getting bid up by uh, these multiple buyers. Uh, you think that the pandemic would slow everything down, but it has actually had the opposite effect. Um, less people have been listing their homes, so you have a tightening of supply. We also had a lot of wildfires up north that have permanently taken supply off the market. So you have to be extra aggressive when you're buying a home. And I would say one of the main concerns for sellers would be when they sell their place to actually find a new place to live because there's no supply for them either. So uh, I've seen an increase in rent backs where you have a seller live in the home after they sell it. So it will give them some time to find a new place to live. So there's been an increase of these rent backs um, that have been happening on the market as well. Wow, wow. So here's my last question. It sounds like um, you know, your, your brokerage, you're very informed, you're very educated, and you know what's happening in the industry. If there are some real estate agents looking to hang their licenses uh, with your brokerage, uh, Bay Area Realty Brokers, what can they expect if they work with you? Well, uh, for agents interested in working for my brokerage, I would say be ready to go all digital. Um, we actually don't have an office location. I run everything out of my home. And while not having a place to meet clients uh, could be a downside, I, I believe the way everything's going digitally, um, you know, we can do these transactions very easily all online. Um, we can also pay a more competitive split to agents because we're saving a lot of money on overhead. Um, my phone is always on uh, to advise agents and we have a wonderful knowledgeable transaction coordinator to help all our transactions run smoothly. And I would say to anyone that is interested in working with me to give me a call to discuss it. Alrighty. Um, here's my last question. If anyone in the San Francisco Bay Area, and for, for listeners outside of California, the San Francisco Bay Area is huge. It, it starts, I mean, the South Bay, uh, like San Jose and, and some, some communities south of San Jose, all the way up to like, um, like Nevada <laughs> on the 101 corridor and, and of course Napa and Vallejo. And, and we can even throw in Fairfield, California as a, one of the uh, North Bay cities. If anyone is interested in the San Francisco Bay Area and they want to move uh, to the East Bay or sell their East Bay properties, how can they uh, contact you? Well, I would say that my website might be the best way and uh, it's Bay Area Realty Brokers, uh, which is uh, the name of my brokerage, it's my DBA. If you type in Bay Area Realty Brokers into Google, we should come up number one and the website's simply bayarearealtybrokers.com. So you can get a lot of information on there. You can get our current listings, our past sales. Uh, there's a contact form and uh, it's probably one of the better ways to reach me and get more information on the brokerage. Um, you can also give me a call uh, anytime. My number is area code 925-451. 2002 and I'd be more than happy to speak with anybody.
All right. Thank you. I want to thank you, uh, Joseph Gwynn, MBA, a real estate broker at Bay Area Real Realty Brokers for being a guest on the 321 Biz Development Podcast. And for listeners, please visit 321 Biz Dev on the internet at 321bizdev.com. And if you want more information, please visit the services link to complete a five-minute questionnaire or call Rick at 833-321-3212 or in Spanish, in Espanol, call Jeline Rodriguez at 786-697-3400. I want everyone to have a great day. Thank you very much.